The Last Word with Matt Cooper. All right, you're welcome back. It is Wednesday's Last Word. Nathan Murphy stepping in for Matt this evening. Now, the Low Pay Commission is expected to recommend to the government that it increases the national minimum wage next year by 12%. That'll be a rise of €1.40 an hour, bringing the rate from 11.30 to €12.70. I'm joined in studio by Neil MacDonald, Chief Executive of ISME, and Tom MacDonald, Co-Director, Nevin Economic Research Institute. Uh, Tom, a 12% increase in the minimum wage, what would that mean for people's growth pay? Well, uh, if they're working 39 hours a week, it'll, it'll increase their, their gross pay by over 50 euros. Um, and obviously, we're in a cost of living crisis. So I suppose these larger than usual wage increases have to be seen within that context. And minimum wage workers actually saw their, their real wages decline in 2021 and 2022 because of the the onset of inflation uh, exceeding wages so this is so this really should be seen as kind of pulling back to where they were a few a few years ago so would 12% be seen as a high rate of increase yes. at any other time Oh, it, it, it would generally, yes. I, I suppose the other context for this is that we now have a minimum wage directive and that requires minimum wages to be adequate. So they're considered adequate if they're fair in relation to the wage distribution overall and if they provide a decent standard standard of living. So, so this, because it's going to be higher than inflation in 2024, it will push towards having a, a sustainable standard of living or indeed, or indeed a living wage. Uh, it won't quite get us there, but it is a step in the right direction. And in terms of that wage distribution, it's, a big, it's about getting to that 60% of median, median early earnings. Again, it doesn't get us there, but it takes us part of the way. And we know that there will be uh, similar but probably smaller increases in 2025 and then again in 2026. Neil MacDonald, Chief Executive with ISME, is with us in studio as well. 12% up to €12.70 in a cost of living crisis. Fair enough? It's completely understandable, Nathan, that with the inflation we've had now for for more than a year, uh, that people are going to be looking for uh, pay rises uh, to mitigate that. Um, The problem is trying to take twelve, almost twelve and a half percent, twelve point four percent over the line in one year um, is is actually not going to be affordable for a lot of small businesses. Of course, for many businesses, it is. We're we're not denying that. Um, but you know, this is going to cost for a, a worker on the on the national minimum wage. This is going to cost an employer three thousand one hundred and fifty three euros per annum. Um, and there's an awful lot of businesses in the services sector, in retail, in hospitality, where that cannot be recovered from the uh, from from the consumer, from the customer. And where that happens, unfortunately, what you're going to find is that those workers are going to have their hours reduced, uh, or their overtime taken away, or there's going to be redundancies. I mean, I I've been in. But the are we re- not constantly hearing that there's staff shortages and a real issue with getting staff? So, will an increase uh, in the wage actually make it more attractive? Of, of course, there is. And like th- this is the flip side. We're we're talking about um, uh, and, and absolutely acknowledge Tom's point about you know uh, the the real rate of inflation and what workers have actually been getting in their in their wage packet over the last couple of years, but. The small employer, the small business sector has actually been rising its wages at, at just under 5% a year for the last five years. The average wage has been going up uh, almost 5%, 4.9% for the last five years. Um, businesses are competing for labour. It's a seller's market if you're a worker. 
um, you know, the, the... So how then could we be looking at redundancies if it was to go up by 12% when at the moment, as you say, it's a seller's market there, you just simply can't get the staff? B- because um, if, if uh, you, you, you can see it in the figures now, for example, with those businesses, and I know there's a legitimate question as to whether some of them are viable anyway, but we can see the increase in insolvencies at the moment. Um, in the main, what we see not ha- I- I- what we don't see happening is redundancies or layoffs. What we see is what you or I would in in old money call P sixty income simply won't change. What the employer will do is um, pay the person as much as they can afford to pay, but their P sixty, their annual income, is not going to go up, and that's not. An ISMI, uh, you know, spiel. The, the ESRI has acknowledged this effect last year, and it looked at the uh, the uh, working hours effect of taking the national minimum wage up ten percent over three years, and workers typically lost between two and a half and three hours per week over that period, and that was a ten percent adjustment over three years. So you can imagine what could potentially happen if we make a twelve percent adjustment in one year. It does signal to businesses what's coming down the track, though, with the living wage, which is still three years away, 2026. Right now, if it was 60% of the median wage, you'd be looking at €13.10. So another 40 cent on top, you expect wages will increase. So that number will increase again by 2026. Is this not just something businesses are going to have to prepare for? They're going to have to pay staff more money. Well, the just pay more is is the mantra we hear everywhere. The problem, and Tom's actually alluded to it earlier on, it's the massive wage distribution that exists in Ireland because we have a cohort of workers in the multinationals that are extremely well paid, where they have a, a weekly average now of uh, €1,067 a week. And we have an, an even better off public service, 7% pe- better off, where they're getting €1,103 a week. And unfortunately, if the small businesses could compete with that, they'd be doing that right now. They can't, and therefore, if if we lob another twelve percent on top, what you're going to find is those businesses will sort themselves out into different bundles. The ones that can, and some white collar service areas can do that, but an awful lot of uh, service businesses, nursing homes, childcare, retail, they can't pass that on to the end customer, so they won't. I'm not sure how you can compare at the moment, considering the cost of living in this country, Tom. But how does the minimum wage compare to other countries across Europe? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing to say is that in-work poverty increased from 1 in 12 to 1 in 8 in 2022. And obviously that's because real wages declined. Um, so where we are is our, our headline national minimum wage is one of the highest in the EU. But when you adjust for purchasing power, i.e. to reflect the cost of living in Ireland, the ESRI estimated we, we were seventh in 2020. Uh, and obviously it, it, it changes from year to year. But what I would say is that uh, to follow on from uh, from Neil's point, we have we we do have uh, quite a wage distribution problem in Ireland. We ha- we have a very high level of market inequality, and obviously that means our tax and welfare system has to has to go into overdrive just to bring us to the middle of the pack. So, increasing wages at the bottom of the distribution is part of this is part of the solution. It's only a small part of part of the solution, and in fact, the tax and welfare system is is much more important than this, and, and we have to be very careful in terms that there aren't unintended consequences in terms of employer PSI and cliff edges, in terms of HAP, in terms of the working family payment, all of those things will have to be adjusted adjusted as well. But in terms of the employment impact as it is now, 
we do have full employment. We've we, we the most benign labour market context we've ever had in the history of state, perhaps. Uh, that means workers can, if their hours are significantly slashed, move to a different employment and, and, and that will happen to a certain extent. So we don't necessarily see wages being, or sorry, employment being lost across the economy as a, as a whole. There may be some upgrading as there's a compositional shift to, to higher value-added sectors, perhaps. Uh, and it is true that the accommodation food services sector, for example, would be the most affected by this, so, uh, uh, so, whereas other sectors would be barely affected at all. So uh, if there are changes... That's where it would be. Neil, the Minister, Simon Coveney, is going to consider the report of the Low Pay Commission. He'll bring a recommendation to government in the autumn. Looking at, say, for example, the hospitality industry, and we were talking about it yesterday, and the VAT rate, and them wanting to make sure the VAT rate remains at 9%. If Simon Coveney decided to implement this, what can the government do to support businesses who will be under pressure with this increase? I... It's a very difficult position uh, to to be in. I'm I'm just uh, doing a piece um, uh, for a newspaper at the minute where, you know, it it sounds uh, um, bizarre, but it's a more difficult position for the finance minister to be in, to to have a lot of money to spend, but there's almost indefinite demands on, on him to spend it. Even if this got passed on, let's talk about average rents uh, and the cost of housing, the average cost of a house either to rent or an apartment to buy at the moment. It's 50, uh, 54, 60, I think, is, is the full extent of, of, this, um, of, of this proposed increase in the national minimum wage. It's not going to do anything to help someone on the national minimum wage get in there. And I think one area that Tom and I could agree on is the need for the social fund, the social wage to do more. Now, w- one of the soundings, I know it's a, a bit of a kite fly during the week, that the the um, uh, income limit for access to social and affordable housing is going to go to 66,000. We we looked for that to go to 80,000, a double doubling of where it was last year, because th- that that's where we are now in the rental market at the moment. And there's no reason that should, shouldn't happen. There is a broadening, for example, of medical card access. There are people who are deliberately staying out of the workforce at the minute because they cannot afford to lose access to, to free healthcare at, at the uh, point of delivery. So we would like to see more of that because if there's an, an expectation that the cost of living crisis can be met by increasing the national minimum wage, I'm afraid everyone, including the workers, are going to be disappointed. So basically, to be able to live a normal life on the minimum wage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the issue is about income adequacy and income sufficiency. And the other way to come at that, which I think we can all agree on, is if we can reduce the cost of living. One way the government can do that, including in the budget, is by reducing, for example, the user cost of public services and by removing cliff edges in terms of access to public services. So points about medical card, for example, I would completely support. So that move towards a universal system of, of, of public services is one way that we can bring cost of living down for, for everyone and then that reduces the need to increase the minimum wage by so much. Speaking as a self-employed butcher, I can afford to pay my own wages most week. We're going to see a lot of businesses close if wages go up again. Where's the money going to come from if we can't pass on the increase to the consumer? We're getting a lot of messages in uh, with similar type of points. Uh, Neil, Tom, thanks a lot for coming into the studio. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.